Welcome to the Time for Teaching podcast. This podcast explores the joys and challenges of teaching in higher education. I'm Kim Reed. And I'm Kelly Fox. And we're so pleased to be joined by two of our favorite colleagues today, Matt Garwood and Steve Cunningham. We've got tons to talk about today. So we're going to dive right in by learning a little bit more about Matt. Matt Garwood grew up in Elmville, Ontario, home to lions, tigers, giraffes, and the amazing Elmville Maple Syrup Festival, which will celebrate its 60th anniversary in just a couple of years. Matt attended post-secondary at Georgian, go Grizzlies, and Athabasca. Matt is an avid runner, a former semi-professional race car driver, and he has renovated two homes in the past three years. Go, Matt. On his nightstand right now is Barack Obama's A Promised Land. He's a fan of Friends, and he's also, like Kelly D., Kim, and myself, a shithead, a lover of Schitt's Creek. His pet peeve is disorganization, and one interesting thing about him is that he and his wife now have planned 10 Yes, that's right. Ten different wedding dates in the past 11 months. And finally, we're able to tie the knot on June 12th, to which Matt says the 10th time is a charm. He's smart. He's funny. He's always quick to volunteer or lend a hand. We are so appreciative of all that he does and that he has taken the time to be with us here today. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kim. You make me sound a lot better than I actually am. But <laughs> no way. I no appreciate way. it. Not, not at all. <laughs> okay. Please allow me to introduce Steve Cunningham. Steve grew up in Barrie and started his educational career at Warnica Public School and then Innisdale Secondary School and eventually traveled south to York University and then way south to DeVry University in the state. Steve loves music. He's a bass guitar player and also plays drums and sings. So we imagine he's a great guy to have around your campfire. Steve also loves classic cars, renovating and building stuff, and anything related to football. Favorite movie? Necessary Roughness. Favorite show? The Blacklist. Favorite book? Paul McCartney's biography, The Life. Steve's pet peeve is terrible drivers, which we've actually heard quite a few times on this podcast, and standing in lines. <laughs> Steve, I recommend you stay away from Wonderland this summer because those lines will be wild, I'm sure. And one interesting thing about Steve is that he plays in a family band with his brother, sister-in-law, and 16-year-old niece. Very cool. He's quite possibly the fastest and most comprehensive email responder we've ever seen. He's the strong and silent type, but always comes out of nowhere with a great one-liner and his big, bright smile. He's newer to the CTEL team, but fit in so quickly and has been an incredible addition to the team. Welcome, Steve. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kelly. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. All right. Well, why don't we start today with a chat about your journey to Georgian? So, Matt, could you provide us with a little info about what you do at Georgian and what led you to the college and to this particular role? Yeah, great question, Kelly. Um, so I was a Georgian grad, as was mentioned in my little bio there at the beginning, uh, proud uh, Georgian grizzly. And uh, I completed my diploma, my automotive business diploma, actually, um, in 2015, 14, something along those lines. And at that point, in all honesty, um, school was not for me. I was not a student that ever thought I was going to continue on my education beyond my time at Georgian, which 
which I loved, but it just, again, school never, never fit me um, exactly the way that I thought it should. So I had my first job right after graduation working um, in the Automotive Business School of Canada and the OMVIC department. I worked there for a little while and I jumped around to different roles at the college and um, never left the college and just decided this was something for me and that I wanted to become a permanent employee and I landed in CTEL. I was shocked to have gotten the job, but uh, also super excited and started working with Kate and Blackboard um, over the past couple of years now. I believe this summer is year three with CTEL, which doesn't uh, make sense in my mind. I feel like I just started. Awesome. And we're so happy that you are a part of the team. Uh, definitely such a great combo between the two of you. Um, so quick to lend a hand. And uh, I know many of our faculty have uh, had interactions with both or either of you guys that uh, have been so positive and helpful. So we're all very appreciative of both of you. Okay, Steve, same question. So what is your role here at the college? And could you tell us a little about your journey to Georgian? Certainly, Kim. Um, so right now I'm working as the learning management system assistant. Basically, in short terms, means I do whatever Matt tells me to do. <laughs> um, my my journey wow. to this role. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> uh, my journey to this role actually started in manufacturing. Um, when I first got out of high school, I went to a year of university and went, oh, man, I can't do this anymore. So I got a job actually driving a lift truck, a uh, forklift at a manufacturing company. When it was right around the time that that company was putting in radio frequency inventory control systems. And that's really how I got kind of hooked on technology. I kept learning about this this technology that they were putting in. And, and I thought, you know what, that's really cool. And the more I learned about it, the better I got at it. And then I ended up being a trainer for the rest of the company on that specific device. Uh, from there, once that company started closing down, uh, I actually went and I was installing Interact machines and ATM machines for a while. And and from there, I just kept building it. I, I ended up going and getting my MCSE, which is a networking uh, certificate. And then how I ended up at Georgian was I was actually working part-time for the Barry Career Center. Some of the co-op consultants and some of the the, uh, yeah, I guess co-op consultants at the time uh, were working there as sort of they, they would help people find jobs and things like that. And I just got talking to a couple of them one day and they're like, oh, you should go to Georgian. And that's where we work. And they're always looking for IT people. And when I finished that contract, I was sitting there at my desk on my last day thinking, where, where am I go from here? Like, I don't have a job. My contract's ending. And it was that afternoon, ironically, that I got a, that I found the job at Georgia and I applied for it. And two weeks later, they hired me. So I started in IT uh, almost 19 years ago. And then that led me into CTEL in January. Uh, Blackboard's been something I've worked on since 2005. I built a lot of the things that are in Blackboard today. That's great. And we're so lucky to have you. And I think, too, the fact that you've been able to kind of transition so smoothly from job to job is probably a testament to all that good energy you put out there, Steve, because you're such a likable and friendly guy. So I think that when you keep putting that positive energy out there, things kind of fall into place. So I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm not sure that anybody's called me likably and friendly. 
<laughs> wow. They do I all like the it. time, Steve. Okay. So we hear that our, there are some new Blackboard features that you and the team are preparing to launch in the future. Can you tell us a little bit about what these new features are and how they will impact the faculty and student experience? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I, I will mention is, you know, we're always looking to implement new features. So maybe it's not one specific one that I'll mention at this exact moment. But I think that, as Stephen mentioned, um, you know, implementing different LTIs and different building blocks and different technologies that are available to us, um, like Turnitin, um, you know, like McGraw-Hill, I can, you know, Akindi, I, can, I could go down the list, right? So things that we've brought in, not just necessarily Steve and I, but faculty have brought to our attention. But also, you know, the you know, in the future, um, whenever that might be, also looking at maybe it's time to update Blackboard and update our version of Blackboard. So I know Steve has some statistics on uh, Blackboard Ultra that uh, I'm sure he'll he'll mention there. Uh, but you know, Ultra is definitely the the next step for any institution that's had Blackboard for a while. I think Steve, how many years have we had our current version of Blackboard? Well, Blackboard predates me, and I started at the college in '02. But we were on this same ver. We were on Blackboard five when I started, which was the version that we started on as a college. We've had a long time. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's probably our, our next step, right? So Ultra is, um, for those of you who don't know what Blackboard Ultra is, that's maybe somewhere uh, a spot where, where we could start. Um, you know, Ultra really is a few pieces. Um, there's a few, you know, prongs, if we want to call it that or look at it that way, in the sense that um, there's that navigation, that base navigation page. So it's that landing point, that entry point into the actual course or sorry, the actual um, LMS itself. So right now you enter into Blackboard at Georgian College and you see your My Georgian Courses and you see, you know, all of the text up the left and right side that most people just pretend doesn't exist because there's so much going on on that main page. I don't blame them. So where the um, ultra base navigation page it's designed um, not necessarily better, it's just designed in a different sense. So it's more um, laid out like uh, we're all used to, like our courses look like with the content along the left-hand side, with buttons that you can click and then navigate to that content. So um, that's definitely a benefit when it comes to Ultra, um, but it's not just a benefit for our faculty, it's also a benefit for our students. Um, our students are getting the latest and greatest technology that is available from Blackboard. Um, but also our faculty are then able to, again, um, implement new technologies into their courses, but they're also able to um, have and utilize tools that are also more mobile friendly. Um, you know, we know that people are on the go. People are not, you know, we, we can't expect that it's going to be the same type of learning that we might have had even, you know, in early 2020, right? We, people are on the go, people are on their iPads and their, you know, uh, their, their, their mobile devices. So the great thing about Blackboard Ultra is um, that a landing page and those courses eventually um, are mobile friendly. So there's lots of benefits in that sense um, to moving to a tool like Blackboard Ultra. Um, and then the courses piece is, is like a whole redesign. So that's uh, that second prong to that approach, probably later on down the road for whenever we do decide to go down that route, um, if we do. But uh, yeah, very exciting. And uh, I'll, I'll throw it over to Steve because I know he has some, some interesting stats on, uh, on Ultra and, and um, other institutions that are using it as well. Well, right now, uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, Blackboard 
really they have about 10 over 10,000 clients worldwide and what they're saying for Canada is about 70% of the institutions in Canada that use Blackboard are on the ultra base navigation which means they've changed the main page to the new version so in a sense we're a little bit behind in that way but i think there's only maybe about 25 to 30 percent that have actually changed the courses because that's a really big step that as matt said that's a complete redesign so when so but the base navigation it's just basically that first main page now you can do more with it but it can also be put on just as is and then away you go there's no no real setup or changes that we would need to do with it now if we go this way we've kind of sort of batted around a few ideas of some things we'd like to do so we're going to do more with it than just uh activate it and say here 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 you go this is a new thing a great another another great piece in regards to ultra um talking about that base navigation page or that that landing page um is that institution page so when you enter the actual blackboard environment it's going to be um branded to the institution itself so it's not very it's not um static in the sense that it's blackboard's branding it's going to be georgian college specific so we can also bring in that um that piece as well again to follow our branding uh, guidelines and again just to make it feel like it's something um, more connected to the institution. Um, as well, down the road, there's also abilities to um, have program or um, department specific landing pages. So if you are teaching in health or you're teaching in business or you're a student in business or a student in health um, and you're enrolled in those courses, when you enter in on Blackboard, you're taken to a health, wellness, and sciences landing page. Um, that will then give you information that is important from the area. So it's pushed directly to you as a student. So again, we're talking about communication, right? That's always a big thing. I feel like um, as a student and you know, being a student uh, you know, almost 10 years ago now, um, there's probably communication overload in the sense that Jordan does an amazing job at communicating with our students and with our faculty, but also sometimes they're like, there's too much, there's too many resources, I don't know where to look. So I think that's a big piece is that um, organizing that content in that sense, um, but also giving that, you know, quote unquote, power to those areas to be able to share the information that they want easily um, without having to create an organization shell within Blackboard. So it almost goes and does away, um, if that's the correct term, with um, those organizations because our um, different departments can communicate directly um, with those students enrolled in those courses right from that uh, navigation page. So I'm gonna stop talking about this because I'm super excited and uh, I'm nerding out about Ultra and Steve and I have probably had 10 hours of conversations about this. So I could keep going if you wanted me to, but I'll pass it over to Steve. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to make a couple of comments on tools that we're actually gonna be using now. So. Well, one thing that Blackboard has really put a push on lately is the change between uh, moving from building blocks and moving into LTIs. Now, I wrote this down so I didn't forget it. LTI is a learning tool interoperability. And basically what a building block does is you install it onto Blackboard and whatever you get, you get. So whatever's contained in the building block is what you have until either you upgrade the building block or remove the building block. The beauty of LTI is LTI is a link between Blackboard and a vendor's site, which means that 
content can change all the time. They they can give you more rich content. They can you know update things. They can add more tools. They can take away tools that don't work. They can fix things faster. Where it's more interactive. Where a building block. If it doesn't work or if there's an issue, you're stuck with it until the next version comes out. So this connection is, I think, really going to make a big difference. So like right now, we're using things like we've got Turnitin, uh, we've got that are all building blocks. Well, Turnitin's moving to an LTI. So we're going to have a lot better content and more up-to-date content in the future. So that's one thing. The second thing is, I don't know if anybody noticed, but when you go into Blackboard itself, if you're in a content area, there's a, a button at the end that says content market. And there's a few things in there that is, I think we've got Cengage in there, Elsevier's in there, Pearson's in there. And basically what content market is, is it's a whole bunch of free resources from these companies. So we don't have to pay for them. We set them up through Blackboard. We can connect to them and we can pull from their site down the road, uh, McGraw-Hill has now signed on to do part of the content market. Uh, companies like Adobe are starting to add things to the content market. So as we make these available, then faculty will have more free content that they can go out and get from these vendors. So I think that could be exciting in the near future. Perusal is one of the LTIs that we set up not that long ago. I think it's only been up there for maybe a few months. Right. And uh, yeah, cool. basically you click on it, it takes you to the site, you get all the content, it links back into your course. A lot of the LTIs even have gradebook integration. So if the student is outside of Blackboard and they take a test or write a quiz or do an assignment and it get it can get marked over there or it can get marked in Blackboard, but the two ends, so the vendor end and the Blackboard end, uh, can sync and can move grades back and forth. Just like Pearson My Lab or um, you know My Math Lab, those are the same. You know that's a great example of that as well. And you know maybe this is more of a of an ask out there, but you know if if any faculty have. Um, technologies or potential LTIs that they want embedded into Blackboard, like let Steve and I know. Uh, that's the first step because Steve and I recently just went through our list of all of our LTIs in our building blocks and cleaned them all up um, and added a couple new ones. So I think that we're always happy to do so. Um, if it's available, we'll put it in. Even if you're the only one that's going to use it, it doesn't take much time for Steve and I to put it on in there as long as it's available. So, um, again, we're always happy to uh, to provide that that service as well. Very that's cool. pretty amazing. Yeah, thanks so much. Okay, so we're going to switch gears a little bit here. So like all learning management systems, Blackboard is a bit of a beast, as you mentioned before, Matt. And even those folks who have been using it for years still probably have lots to learn, myself included, and features available that they didn't know existed. So for example, during a CTEL session a few years ago, I was introduced to the idea of color coding in the grade center. It seems so simple, but it was such a game changer for me because I'm such a visual person. Um, so it's sort of like a stoplight system. So the way I set it up, and the way that it was modeled for me was you can set up um, parameters. So green would be for 70 and above, yellow for 50 to 70, and red for 50 and below. I just found it a really easy way to track student progress and to identify students who maybe needed uh, a little bit of extra communication or just for me to reach out and just check in and see how they were doing. Uh, it was a total game changer for me. Uh, as a very visual person, it was an easy way to keep track of student progress and help support students more effectively. So, Matt, if you had to choose one interesting or cool feature of Blackboard that you think folks should know about, what would it be? 
Well, if I could only choose one, I had written down three, and I'm not going to go into all three. <laughs> um, the big one that I thought is great um, is embedding content. And what I mean by embedding content, that sounds pretty basic. Yes, I've done that for years now. That's not super new and exciting. But embedding content in the sense of websites and PDFs right into Blackboard, um, a couple of things. So first of all, um, if we're talking about instructional design, right, that's just, um, it's less clicks, right? Our students are going into Blackboard, they're staying within the LMS, they are opening up whatever you've asked them to open up, but they're not downloading something or they're not taken outside of the LMS to go to an external page. We're able to keep that really in our closed environment in a sense. Um, it also just looks better, right? So looks better, it's more accessible, right? So we can also um, talk about you know the size of how we're displaying that. Um, you know we can add alt tags to certain items that we're embedding right into Blackboard. So I think that a the piece of embedding that website right into Blackboard, but also that PDF. I think that PDF is also a game changer. Where you know I I think of all the courses that we've looked through over the years that it's. Um, they're great and they work, but it's just 10 different uh, PDFs or PowerPoints uploaded and it's not visually attractive. It's not visually appealing. Um, but if we're going to embed those in as PDFs, those look those look pretty cool, right? Um, they're right in there. You can scroll through, you can download, you can zoom in, you can do everything right within Blackboard, which is awesome. So um, if I was um, on our faculty Blackboard support website, um, which is located within the, the CTEL website, um, we have a embedding content, inserting an iframe code into Blackboard um, tip sheet, if you want to call it, that Steve and I have created along with a screencast. So yeah, if you want to learn more about that, um, please feel free to navigate that way um, because it's definitely definitely a, a, a neat tool for sure. Okay, awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. That's great. So Steve, same question. What's one cool thing about Blackboard that you think could make faculty or student experience easier or more exciting or fun? Well, I, I took a look through a few different ones and this my my selection here is is a bit the same way that Matt and I are different. Matt's a little flashier than I and I'm a little <laughs> sort of quiet and quiet in the background. So um, mine isn't near as flashy as Matt's, but, but basically and and I don't care am I allowed to do a faculty shout out in this podcast? Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> I, I've I've worked with a fellow a couple of times now. Um so shout out to Wayne Brown, who him and I worked on this uh, this process together, and and in the grade center we get a lot of questions about tests, and we have a lot of problems with tests. Well, not problems, but you know, internet connection issues, and it just seems like if you're going to have an internet connection issue, it only happens when you're writing a test. That's okay, Steve. You can say problems. That, that, that's the reality. That's, <laughs> yeah, that is the reality. That's just the way life is. I mean, when your tire blows, it doesn't blow in your driveway. It blows when you're on the 400. Mm -hmm. So, um, so taking a look at this, when you go into the test attempts. Uh, there's a there's a, a button there that is closed by default and it should be as far as I'm concerned it should be expanded by default and it says test information and it gives you all information on the test and I don't know why they don't have it open but it's closed and most people don't even know it's a link they think that it's just a heading for what's down below. But in that test information, there's what they call an access log. And that access log shows you the length of time that the students spend on every single question. 
in your test. That's good for two reasons. One, if the student says, I had a connection issue, you can go in and you can take a look at that. And yeah, if they spent 25 minutes on a true-false question, they probably did have an issue. So it's it's good for both parties to be able to say, yes, we can see the issue, we know what happened. But the other thing is, and, and I was talking to a couple other faculty about this, is if you find that your students are spending, if, if your whole class is spending tons of time on one or two questions, then you might want to review those questions or change the question type or do something a little bit different. So it also gives you a little bit of insight into how your students are reacting to the questions. So if they get to a multiple choice question and everybody took 10 minutes, or if they get to a true and false and everybody took 20 minutes, then you know that might be something that you'll want to review uh, within your test. And if I can also jump onto that, uh, Kim, you know, I think, you know, Steve, you know, touched upon a great point there. Um, also, maybe something else that not not a lot of people maybe utilize is um, reporting within Blackboard, right? So um, our reports are not extremely in depth at this time. Um, keep in mind we have some fun things coming down the uh, down the pipe for the future in regards to analytics um, within Blackboard. But um, reporting is so important, right? So ensuring, you know, did your student truly have that issue? Well, you can look into that report and you can access and see specifically um, how long your students spent within a test or an assignment or within a different content area within the course. So I think also reports are um, a great thing to run and take a look at. Um, not that you're looking to try to find something negative against the student, but also maybe it's something in the sense that, you know, you don't understand or not understand, you might um, not be aware um, you know, are your students looking through the material that you've posted? Well, you can click on that and you can see, yes, my students were in my week two folder for 25 hours on average. Great. Wow. There's a lot of students in there, but my week four folder, only only five hours. So what's going on there? Is there not enough content? So you can also help design and build your own course by reviewing those reports as well. And something I do want to mention and anything that Steve and I provide um, are obviously only recommendations. We find that, you know, we have that unique ability, unique experience, whatever you want to call it, that we work with hundreds of different faculty. In a sense, uh, we theoretically could work with every faculty in the institution. So at some point in time, so we see a lot of courses, you know, we see um, a, lot, a lot of great um, and a lot of things that people are working on and they're looking to adjust and amend and, and get better. So um, we have lots of recommendations, but uh, they're never, you have to. Uh, at the end of the day, you need to remember it's your course and you need to run it the way that you feel comfortable. But um, Steve and I will always happily give a uh, give a recommendation because we see a lot. And I think your experience is, is invaluable because I think for myself as a faculty, I don't know what I don't know. And so if you've seen right. something from somebody else, you know, like a brilliant faculty like Kim, and you would say, you could say things like, hey, Kim is doing this really cool thing. You should probably try that. And it's like, okay, that's really cool. So I think you guys are sort of that hub slash conduit for ideas and innovation related to Blackboard as well. That's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad right, you so brought up Kim because I used to say Kim Reed has the best looking courses at Georgian College. <laughs> if you need help with course design, <laughs> talk to Kim Reed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll start using that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. All right. So we're entering the fall of 2020. 
one this term. So with this brand new term ahead, there's always lots of feelings of excitement and nerves. The fall always after our summer, for, for those who had summer holidays after the summer, there's always sort of this, you know, re-energy, energy that goes with, you know, the new semester and that sort of thing. The college is also investing in a supporting the development of uh, lots of new things are related to hybrid and f- and high flex and of course blackbird plays a huge role in the success in the success of these learning formats I know you guys talked a lot about um, some really cool features and some some you know some neat things that are happening with blackboard but what would you say is one thing that you're completely jazzed about with regards to this upcoming term what are you jazzed about for the future of educational technology um I'll jump in here. You know, my answer won't be super long and it might be a little corny, but um, I actually just had a meeting right before this call, this recording um, with a wonderful faculty member. And she was talking about how special CTEL as a department was and how thankful she was of our support and service over the past year. Yep, yeah, little little pat on the back there, little CTEL push. But, you know, I think I look at the, the fact that I'm excited in the sense that uh, she had said something really neat. She had said, you know, you guys um, and, and, and CTEL and especially working with Blackboard have the unique um, either responsibility or the unique experience of connecting with everybody, with connecting with every corner of the college um, that uses the LMS. So, you know, I could pick one educational technology or one piece of Blackboard, as was mentioned, that excites me. A lot of it does excite me. Um, but I think what excites me is the fact that this time of year, right, you know, it's 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 kind of the end of our academic year. We're, uh, we're all ready to have some sort of a break. But the fall kind of brings that renewed excitement in regards to um, everything, you know, school related. And uh, I look forward to a lot of the changes coming down the pipe, a lot of the projects that Steve and I are going get, to get to work on over the next uh, year or so uh, and, and beyond. So, again, just a little corny, but uh, just very excited, not necessarily on one specific piece when it comes to educational technology, but uh, just about really the um, heightened importance in regards to Blackboard. I think Steve and I are always fighting for Blackboard. It is not the um, exciting new tool that uh, is being pushed down from different areas. I always say um, it is not that uh, exciting sports car kind of going down the road, but it is what we all use. We use it every day. Um, We have to use it. It is what uh, we spend most of our time on. And at the end of the day, it's what can cause us the most frustration. So I think that we need um, to put an emphasis on um, the LMS and uh, and the support for that um, and the use of that and the training of that. And I could keep going on, but uh, I, I've, I've never felt the excitement around Blackboard as I have right now. So I said it was going to be short, but it was really long, actually. So anyway, <laughs> that was, that's me. Awesome. All right, Steve, what are you jazzed about? Well, I'm just hanging out here waiting for Matt to let me talk. <laughs> That's usual, right, Steve? Is I'm, <laughs> I'm jazzed about being here so I can harass Matt. That's <laughs> pretty much why I come to work every day. But uh, um, I, I guess I, I'm not sure if I can say this out loud, but uh, I, I'm kind of jazzed that this is probably I'm about 90 percent sure that this could be my last September. Um, I'm up for early retirement next year and I'll probably take it. So I got to make this one a good nice. one. Um, oh. 
But last but one, I, best one, is that what they say? Yeah, that's what they say. Mm. So I, I think, I really, I think what I'm most jazzed about is, is that Blackboard is. It, it took a pandemic to get Blackboard a little bit of recognition. Yeah. And what what I mean by that is. Like when you take a look at it, like for so long, I mean, Matt was when when Kate got promoted, Matt was on his own trying to support, you know, 2000 faculty and you have one support. Uh, I was in IT at the time and I was supporting 44 different applications. Blackboard was one of them. And I was doing two jobs because the person that I worked with was on Matt leave for three years um, and and they just the college didn't seem to put a lot of resources into it and i'm i'm excited that we will and and we haven't noted yet but we are getting a, a new person so matt and i will be uh training a third person starting on the 5th of july so that's very exciting and, and i like to see that they're giving us the opportunity to really turn this into something like i think blackboard could be a way better tool um but it's been a bit under-resourced and a bit underfunded, and we've we've struggled at times to try and bring the cool new tools and the, and all the updated stuff into it. And I feel like the pandemic has put an emphasis on it, and we can really start moving it forward now with some really cool stuff that's going to actually be really helpful. But I'm also proud, you know, and a great great point, Steve. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, about when the pandemic hit how prepared and ready we were because we had these resources created, obviously as a team, as a college, as an institution, but um, Blackboard specific, um, you know, yes, we physically changed our work location, but not a lot changed in that sense. Yes, we worked longer days, but uh, for a little while, but besides that, we were ready to go. We had everything ready to go. We were ready for something like this should it happen. And obviously, unfortunately it did, but as Steve had mentioned, it's it's brought that spotlight to the LMS, to Blackboard, um, and there's a lot of positive change coming down the pipe. And uh, I, for one, I'm super excited to be a part of that. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's nice to hear that the resources that we are already so comfortable with and have invested so much time and money into, can we can kind of maximize our use of them. Um, so we appreciate everything that the two of you and the larger team are doing to uh, help faculty maximize those. So wonderful. So Matt and Steve, this has been wonderful. You two are wonderful and we appreciate you so very much. Thank you so very much for being with us here today. Um, and normally what we say to our folks or our guests are, you know, we hope you come back and you chat with us soon. But, you know, I have an idea. This is, you know, not one of my get rich ideas, but I have an idea. Have you and Steve, Matt and Steve, have you thought about the Blackboard podcast? Maybe you guys could be the spinoff, you know, <laughs> you of never the know. Time for Teaching. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? All right. We can talk about that. I hope you guys do come back to the podcast. It's been such a delight. Thanks and bye for now. Bye. Awesome.